I thought, you know, like here, I'm going to go out, get trained to be a coach, put out my, you know, I'm a coach now and like help people and like, oh, how wonderful. I didn't really realize maybe naively at the time, like how much of a interpersonal discovery journey it was. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like maybe the outward or the impact is like helping people, but in a sense, it was really about like figuring out myself and how I feel about myself and certain ways that I was being that maybe weren't serving me in in the way that I wanted to be in the world. You're a high achiever. On paper and through the eyes of others, you've made it. Congratulations. But the truth is you feel unwanted, unworthy, and unlovable. You always have, but you hide it well. Welcome to the Trauma Hiders Podcast. I'm Karen Goldfinger Baker, and this is a podcast where high achievers like you finally reveal what keeps them up at night that no amount of money or recognition will fix. I'm also making it my business to speak with people who get you. Hell, I get you. I am you. So get your best hider's face on, sit down, and let your guard down. What's on the other side of this shit will change your life. There are so many ways people like us fuck ourselves over, but let's start with five ways. When you know them, maybe you'll finally stop doing them. Over on my website, you'll find a free download listing the five ways your fuckery is getting in the way of the next level of your success. Grab it now at KarenGoldfingerBaker.com. My guest is coach, facilitator, retreat leader, Amy Hogan. To me, Amy is connection and love and service. And today she ties all of that up with a gorgeous bow and the practice of breath work. Listen in, get cozy and breathe. You're in the Trauma Hiders Club. Amy, I'm so glad you're here in the Trauma Hiders Club, show number 40. This is a Woo. big, yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, this is a big ass deal. That's awesome. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you're here. I got to tell you, like 40 shows have flown by. And if you asked me a year ago, if I thought I would put 40 podcasts into the universe, I would have said no fucking way. Like, I'm not even sure that I can do two because who the hell wants to listen? I feel like I just listened to that first episode with Mark. I think he was like your first guest, not that long ago. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, 40, like that's a right gone by quickly. Yeah. That's 40 show. Oh, well, I, I can't, I started with eight, I think. So it's still, it's almost eight months of shows. So good. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Maybe it's six months of shows. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're here. So my first question to you is now that you're in the trauma hiders club, tell me what do you want to hide most right now? Oh gosh. Hmm. I want to hide the like nervousness that's in my belly and the sweaty palms mm. and the like, it's like, I'm wanting to show that like, I'm all relaxed and I'm here and I'm present and grounded and inside it's like there's these 
yeah, just like this nervous energy that's coming up and not so much like, what are we going to talk about? It's not worried about that. It's like, am I going to do a good job? Mm. You know, and maybe that's an insight into some of, you know, my own stuff, but right. Right. Yeah. That's probably what I'm hiding or wanting to hide. Yeah. So one, thank you for sharing that. And two, what I'm hearing you say is you want us to know that you've got it together, right? Like you don't, you Mm. don't want us to know that there's a possibility that you don't. How human of right. you, Amy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else out there, they totally yes. have it together, right? <laughs> right. You are so unique, just like everybody else. And yeah. totally, I totally get that. In fact, I've been recently thinking about, I'm reading Steve Hardison's book, um, The Ultimate Coach. And there's a Facebook group for the book. And it's got like 3,000 people in it. And it's really interesting to read the comments that people are writing. And something that really struck me, I think it's something that I have been uncovering for a few years now is, at least in my experience, the hardest me to be is the me who is trying to be, quote unquote, more than the human I am. The, the easiest, most beautiful version of Karen is the Karen who gets to be full Karen. Love that. And knowing maybe I've been around full Karen, I'm like, who wouldn't want to be around that? You know, (laughs) it's just so awesome and fun to be with. Yeah. You know, who doesn't want to be around full Karen is Karen. Karen, right. (laughs) (laughs) Because Karen thinks, oh, we got to, we got to do better than this. Yeah. But the freedom and Mm -hmm. the peace that, I suppose I've created in my world through doing whatever work I've been doing and introspection and conversation has, yeah, opened me up to, oh, right. This is the me I'm supposed to be is the me I was when I was five years old versus. (laughs) And hearing you say that reminds me of a kind of like a couple conversations I've been having over the last few days. And this person like highly recommended me for something. And I was like, why, you know, that like self-doubt voice creeps in. And I was like, I didn't even know that, like, I made that kind of impression or that she liked me that much. I was like, I was just being myself, (laughs) you know? And then it's like, when you're trying to be somebody that you think you should be, but then when you're just your real self in the moment, not even thinking about like, where might this relationship go or what might come of it? I was just like in my own space being myself. And it made this impression that I'm like, oh, I never could have imagined it would be that way. How about that? Right. Like that could be a whole different podcast, right? Like the, well, I suppose it still is trauma hiders club with masks, more masks, right? (laughs) Many layers of the masks in the trauma hiders club. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Welcome human. I'm glad you're bringing Mm -hmm. your humanity and my pledge promise, my intention is to bring my humanity to you and to our listeners as well. Thanks for making a space for that. Like speaking to it. I feel like it. Yeah. It's just like when you speak to it and there's a space for it, it's like, Oh, I can just be me and be all of me. And it's all welcome here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. Um, I mean, our, our listeners can't see that we're sitting up, but whenever I'm talking to somebody, I imagine we're actually laying down. 
like, yeah, like laying down in a comfy spot and we're just talking like we're in a tent, a little, Mm. you know, one of those little pup tents and we're just having a conversation. So I have that vibe. Maybe you can bring it to you. I, I see it in you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Amy, what inspired you to make the jump from your government job to this world of personal growth, retreats, experiences. I mean, that's a, that's a shift. What was it that you were being called to do or you wanted to run away from or get away from? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was surrounded by a lot of the mentality of like, this is what we do, put on our pants, get on the highway, go to work. And like, it's not fun, but it's what we have to do. And like, we'll do it until like pension time. Mm. And I was like, Oh God, I don't want to be around this, but I didn't know like how to get out or what to do. Or also realizing like, Hey, I worked hard and this was a great place to be with great people. And like, it still wasn't quote unquote good enough for me. Like, what does that say about me or, you know, and then just having this, I guess going towards like wanting to make more of an impact or help more people or see the, you know, even though I was working on like environmental sustainability and seeing that there is an impact from that way, it's like wanting maybe to see it more on a regular basis or in individuals and just like the strong desire to like really help people in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is even the, the environmental areas that you were working on, right? There's, there's still service in that. And this call to be face-to-face with humans versus grasses or waters or trees called you to also bring that essence or personality or drive for service with people. Definitely. In serving others, there's always some growth that happens with us. What has served you in within that service to others? So I thought, you know, like here, I'm going to go out, get trained to be a coach, put out my, you know, I'm a coach now and like help people and like, oh, how wonderful. I didn't really realize maybe naively at the time, like how much of a interpersonal discovery journey it was Mm -hmm. like, I feel like maybe the outward or the impact is like helping people, but in a sense, it was really about like figuring out myself and how I feel about myself and certain ways that I was being that maybe weren't serving me in, in the way that I wanted to be in the world. And Mm. yeah, I think so far the biggest insight that I've gotten out of this is like connection to spirit mm-hmm. and like intuition. Nice. And like having a relationship with, I never really use the G word, you know, like God mm-hmm. or whatever that means, right? To you. Whatever that means, yeah. right? And so it was more about like nature or the universe. And I think it's maybe having that connection with spirit or I am spirit or what that means. Mm-hmm. And even just like, discovering that and speaking to it and even knowing that it's out there. Like, I think that's probably been one of the biggest things, like feeling supported by that. And I don't know, like there's an energy that I'm part of that we're all part of, you know, Mm -hmm. like it, yeah, just 
always a part of like that bigger thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I hear like the, the connection, connection to something, whether it's other self spirit universe, right? There's at least for me, when I, what the story I make up about what you're saying is I'm never alone. I might be lonely. I might be lonely. I may have, right. I might be lonely, but I'm actually, I'm never alone. I'm always connected to something. Yeah. Which feels good. It does. And even like hearing you say it, it just makes me feel like so warm inside Mm -hmm. and brings like tears to my eyes and like, yeah, that sense of like, I'm not alone. And it brought me back to like a couple of weeks ago and I was out hiking and I was in these woods and I really was alone, like kind of in a remote area where there, I think I saw one person like off in a distance and there could be like a tendency maybe to like feel so alone and feel scared. And it was kind of there at first. And then when I just like, I don't know, even know if it sounds like corny, but just when I'm like, oh, I'm with the trees and the sun and the like, you know, like I get tired and I'm like, oh, like energy from the ground, you know, it's just like, like you said, I just don't feel alone. Like you just feel like you're a part of it and you're there with it. And it, I don't know, it just brings such a, like a relaxation and a, the sense of like, I'm okay, you yeah, know, like peace. no matter what's going on a peace. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it in you. And I also, I see your Instagram, by the way, we'll have a link to your Instagram. We'll have a link to all your stuff. I see your Instagram photos and there is such a beautiful piece about you in the woods and hiking and um, love your hashtag unlikely hiker. <laughs> yeah. So I shout out to those people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like uh, people, hikers of all sizes and shapes right. and yeah. Yes. Hello, Karen <laughs> Baker. Yeah. yeah. My son and I, several years ago, my older son and I went to Iceland and it was a beautiful trip. However, the unlikely hiker going up like these huge mountains and volcanoes. And uh, I had a little bit of panic, but I got through it sort of, That's even, awesome. if, even if my son made fun of my very slow hiking. <laughs> He's like, I'll meet you at the bottom in three hours. (laughs) I think that's some of the things when I'm out there, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be the slow one. I'm going to be the slowest. And it's just like, who the F cares? You know what I mean? Like you're just out there, you're enjoying it. You did it. Like it feels good. It doesn't matter if it took three hours or 30 minutes, you know? Right. Right. Absolutely. So I'm going to transition us a little bit to one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on this show is we, you and I had an experience together my first time and maybe your first time to doing breath work. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So it was our first time and we were in LA and it was incredible. And I really didn't know what it was. In fact, it kind of like the phrase breath work kind of grossed me out because (laughs) I was just thinking like, is it morning breath work? I know how to work on that, but yeah, but what a fucking cool experience. It was so awesome. Like I'll never, never forget. Yeah. All of it from the time we left the hotel to bringing our disgusting blankets with us um, (laughs) that were from the hotel. (laughs) I was like, let me take this blanket out of the closet on the shelf that no one ever uses. (laughs) Except for those who do and then pack it back in the bag. People. Don't ever just willy nilly (laughs) take that extra blanket out of the closet in your hotel room. 
there's right. stuff on it. It's probably been on a gym floor somewhere <laughs> in LA. <laughs> it's not only has been a gym floor, it's been in other places too. Yeah. <laughs> and there we went to this thing called Breathwork. And I know you're going to talk more about it, but people, this is a hell of an experience that hopefully wherever you're listening from, you can find someone who, a place that does breath work, or I imagine there are recordings, YouTubes, whatever that you can listen, or even podcasts, who knows, but we're, we're going to treat you to a breath work practice. But before we do that, we're saying a lot of breath work and haven't defined it. So Amy, tell us about breath work. What is it? And is it the same as meditation? Great question. So breath work is defined as the intentional and conscious act of breathing. Mm. So it's a certain type of practice, something that's done intentionally, consciously, and maybe there's a certain formula or method to it. And something that's been used across time, across cultures for, you know, inner healing, connection to spirit, relaxation, grounding, and there's so many different types of it. So I think when people hear breath work, they might think, yeah, I'm like sitting in a meditative position and I'm like on a mountaintop and I'm calmly breathing in and out. And there's so many different kinds, you know, like fire breathing, box breathing, the one I'm going to share with you today. Mm. So there's all different types that are, can be used and designed for different things. And there's one in particular that I focus on. So that's what I'll share about today. The one that we did, because I love it so much. (laughs) Cool. So if you could tell us what happens during breath work, what happens to our, I suppose our minds, our bodies, our emotions even. Right. So when you're doing this, like you're continuing to do this breathing technique for an extended period of time. Um, And in the classes that I teach, we do it for 25 minutes. And so it's, you're doing it long enough that the brain kind of surpasses that like thinking mind. And it allows you to relax into a deeper state or like a body state. And then I find my experience has been, it's where you can access intuition or self-healing or, you know, whatever you're there for. And so you're actively and intentionally stimulating the sympathetic nervous system with this type of breath. So that's the fight or flight nervous system and kind of that like body's involuntary response to stress and dangerous situations. And so some people might, they've come to the class and we'll talk about this, how it's done through the mouth. And as you know, that's what we did. And it's not necessarily like a relaxing breath that's like done through the nose. And, you know, if you're lying in like Shavasana at the end of a yoga class and it's like, Oh, I'm breathing in through my nose and I'm so grounding. Like this is a breath that's done through the mouth. And it's like intentionally designed to have your body release, like what's been stored through maybe events or just, yeah, what's being kind of stored in the body. So you're intentionally and actively kind of like bringing that up and out for Mm. a specific period of time. Like it's really designed to move energy without your thoughts intervening or getting in the way. So it's very active. Love that. I mean, how often do we, right? Does a memory come up or a thing come up in us? And our mind is like, I don't know, shut that the hell down, shut it down. 
So reaching that, not only the balance, but the state of rising above that mind telling you to stop thinking or stop being with whatever, holy shit. And I can tell you that as you were describing that, I went back to that room in LA, that gym floor in LA. And yes, the way you described it is exactly what happened because I started with resistance. I started in resistance. So that was my mind as we started the practices and the music was playing and all of that. My mind was like, ugh, I just want this to end. Once I let that go and that was not a choice, it was the work, right? Because I did want to resist. Holy shit, what a release, like a flood of not only emotion, but as I think back on it, it's like sparkly, peaceful meeting of darkness, mm-hmm. like in the best way possible. Yeah. It was, um, I remember like walking out after mm-hmm. and it was like, even now I can, it's like, I can yeah, feel it. I'm like, right. it felt kind of like euphoric or something. And also like, what the hell was that? And, right. You know, like I want more of it. I even have like chills now just thinking about it. Yeah. And like your resistance. I remember feeling that too. I was like, oh, this floor is hard. My back is hurting. I'm on this stupid blanket from the hotel. The music's too loud. Like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. And so I feel like that's so common. Like in the classes when people come, there will be, there's like always resistance. And it's interesting to note how like resistance in life to certain like scenarios or situations And it's, then it's like, once you're allowing yourself to be in it and breathe with it, like the thoughts, then you're just so much more in the body and you're focused on the breath. So I feel like it's like doing it for a certain amount of time. That's long enough that allows the the mind and the brain to like shut off. Yes. You know, cause at first it's like, Oh, am I doing this right? My throat is dry. Like, am I positioned correctly? And you're going on about all the thoughts of the day, all of it, all the reasons you shouldn't be there. And then I find it just takes like a couple songs. And then once you're into it, it's like, oh yeah, like it, I mean, not always, it's not like you always get this like euphoric sense, but it just allows you to like drop into your body mm-hmm. and like come back home in a sense for me anyways. Yeah, same. You know, it's interesting. I have heard that phrase drop into your body often. I had heard it up until, you know, I'd heard it before doing the first breath work session that we did. And I had no idea what the hell that meant. And I, you know, I had a lot of judgment around that. Like, oh, I'm actually not a, not a really good coach because I don't know what drop into your body means. <laughs> <laughs> Even as I said, like, oh, it's such a, maybe a coach cliche, like drop into your body. Yeah, <laughs> just drop into your body. I don't know what the fuck that means and or if you're in, but I'm going to tell you to do it anyway. Right, uh, focus yeah. on your breath. Yeah. yeah, focus on your breath. I don't know how to focus on mine, but- let me just lead you down that path. Meanwhile, I learned it that day. Okay. Beautiful. I imagine the pandemic, right? This global pandemic, this global experience, and I believe this global trauma has, of course, had incredible negative effects and also positive kinds of introspections, such as whatever I'm in right now isn't working. 
I want to seek out ways to heal, whether it's in the moment or repair, whether it's in the moment. I am, I'm just imagining that people have found breath work and it's surging in a way, much like the Omicron virus, which I happen to have right now. And interest in breath work is surging. Is, am I right about that? Or am I making that up? No, I think it's, I think you're right. And I think it's, um, even for myself, like, so I did that class with you in LA and then the only other classes I saw were in person. I couldn't find anything online really around. I couldn't find anything in Toronto either. And then when the pandemic hit and classes went online, training went online. So even being able to be like trained in it, I feel fortunate that I was able to experience it in person, at least that one time and a few times since then, but to even be able to have that, to have that connection with other facilitators, with the trainers, and then to be able to offer it like throughout the pandemic, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And still now, but to just be able to have it as like a point of connection, a point of service. And, you know, people would even come to class and share things that, you know, were obviously like COVID pandemic related, like just wanting to let go of some things that happen around a conversation or something they're holding on someone with differing viewpoints. And so like, it obviously like bled into the classes just because that's what's happening in the collective. But yeah, I feel like it's brought people, you know, for, especially at the start when things were like, so shut down Mm -hmm. and then it's like, we're in our homes and there was, I at least found for me, like less distractions of the busyness, you know what I mean? Of like, on the highway and going to work and driving here and doing this. And I don't have kids, but I've been hearing like, you know, like shuffling kids around to sports and then it's like, boom, we're at home. Mm-hmm. And for some people, I feel like it was like, whoa, like even some of the coaching clients that I've had, it's like, they're coming at this place of like, there's like a forced pause. And now I'm looking around at my life and it's like, Hmm, is this like something just hit me when I said that, but it's like, is this what I want it to be? Is this Mm -hmm. who I want to spend my time with? Like what's happening on the inside? Maybe I need some like mental, emotional support and, Mm -hmm. you know, like therapy, a lot of people have been going to therapy just to be supported with all the things that have happened. And I feel like breath work is one of those modalities that have allowed people to connect when there's been maybe less in-person spaces for people to connect. So to be able to do that virtually, And then also like a soft space to come and land with all the stuff that's been going on in the world. Yeah. I've been using the Calm app, which does not have breath work, by the way. It just has meditation. I think maybe I've talked about that before on this podcast. I'm not sure. Maybe I just say it to my clients. I I have a lot of judgment around my own meditation, which Mm. is so counterproductive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, God, ah, this thing is going on for 10 minutes. I suck. And you know what? It's like nine minutes, 15 seconds in that I finally allow myself the space to just be. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I realize now breathwork probably would have been, but it still can be the thing that I can go to, to mm-hmm. release. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah. And I find because it is that release, like, especially in this style and how we did it in our class with like the releasing of, you know, when, well, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about this or if it's okay to talk about it now, just like the, 
the yelling yes in the class you know like how so this is also done to music and it you know depends on the facilitator the style of the music that they pick but I know when we did it it was like loud and it was upbeat and the music kind of comes to this like peak point with like energy crescendo yeah you know and then everyone's invited to let out this like primal scream and for me that's just like oh even now talking about I get these chills because that is my favorite part it's like you're letting like all that energy, maybe that's been building or moving around and you intentionally get to release it and be in the space of like other people doing it. So I think that's interesting to note too, like some people might not be comfortable with that, or it could be kind of like confronting or jarring or super therapeutic and release. And yeah, for me, I find like, that's my most favorite part. Mm. And even I've introduced, like, we'll do like some laughing, like, outward laughing before the yelling. Cause that almost sometimes feels like a more comfortable outward, like vocal expression. So people will laugh and then it's like, Oh, you're vo- you're kind of like warmed up into the scream. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I just want to throw this out there. You said your favorite part is the scream. I think my favorite, it's all my favorite. And it starts the, for me, the like, ah, bliss part of this starts with I'm laying down and it's dark (laughs) and then there's music, right? Those three factors are like, I might not need anything else, but then what a gift to have the whole experience. So speaking of that, we're kind of like, it's like we're talking about a thing versus giving the experience of a thing. So can you walk us through an exercise or a practice or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. So we can, I'll just demonstrate the breath or guide you through it if you want to do it. And so I guess just a couple of things to note before we do that is if you're going to do this style of breath for any length of time, like I do recommend doing it with an experienced facilitator first, because it can bring up stuff or, you know, and so, yeah, usually you would be in a, a space where you can lie down. It's quiet. You can put the blinds down or use like an eye pillow laying on your back. I always put like a bolster or a pillow under my knees to kind of like support your lower back. Some people you can put like um, a blanket over like your lower abdomen, like pelvic area to be like extra grounding mm. a blanket around you in case you get cold. And so, and then also setting an intention is a big part of it. So setting an intention at the start of the practice, like, why am I here, you know, lying down for a few minutes, what I want to get out of this. And it could be, could be anything. It could be as much or as little as you want. Like some people have come, they're like, Oh, I want to release like some physical pain, like knee pain. Some people, they just, you know, want to have relaxing, maybe bring up some creativity, release some heavy things they've been holding on people, just even like stopping your mind chatter. Mm -hmm. It could, you know, it could be anything. Mm, And so, so yeah, so setting up your space and having your intention, I feel like is an important part of it. And then, so the breath is done in three stages and it's done through an open mouth. So it's breath coming in through the mouth and out through the mouth. And so first you're breathing in to the belly. So bringing air into that like deep belly breath about like 75, 80% of the breath goes into that deep belly and then breathing into the chest and then you're exhaling. 
So it's, and you can put like a hand on your belly or a hand on your chest too, to like, sometimes that helps people to feel that. And so even if you just want to do it now, noticing that we're only going to do a few breaths, because it can make you kind of dizzy if you're sitting up and you're doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important to be laying down, but you want to do it with an open mouth. And so you're breathing into the belly, into the chest, and then exhaling. So it's like, Oh, okay. (sighs) Belly, chest, exhale. Belly, chest, exhale. And you're not forcing it out on the exhale or a long drawn out one. You're just kind of like a, (sighs) just letting Ah, it out. Okay. Yeah. So belly chest, exhale. Oh, that feels so much better than pushing it out. Yeah. Just like a releasing it, letting it go. Belly, chest, exhale. Dude, like (laughs) right away, (laughs) right away. It's like, oh, it, this, imagine um how am I feeling this like a you know there's like that sherpa material like I am wearing a onesie of that <laughs> oh yeah sherpa there's like onesie a sherpa onesie maybe that's weird yeah. but um <laughs> <laughs> uh but like there was just a wash of warm cozy yeah warm and cozy mm. coming together that it, it it's interesting. I think it also kind of for a moment triggered trick. I'm going to say that again, kind of for a moment triggered my EMDR. I mean, in a good way, it like flipped the switch to that same way that I can bring myself to that bilateral relaxation. Okayness. Um, that breath. I, I got that same feeling. Just so yeah. nice. Yeah. I love when I like when I, so even doing it like before we talked today, so I did it this morning, just lying on my bed and put a few songs and usually it's like three or four songs. And at first, yeah, like you said, being in that resistance and then something's just like when you lay down, you're like, okay, here I am. I made it, you know, it's once you're past the, like, oh, I should do this and I should do that. And it's like, Hey, I just need this for a few minutes. And you go lay down and it's like, even just that act, right. Of just like laying there, like I'm here and then being in that resistance and being able to just be with it and not have to do anything about it or fix it or not even let it go if you don't Mm -hmm. want to, but just to not be like pushing it away or thinking it shouldn't be there. You know, it's like just this sense of, for me anyways, like a sense of acceptance. Yeah. Surrender. Yeah. yeah. Surrender. Yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting. Like even my, where I am right now changed from where I was before we started breathing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's different. Yeah, it is. I sort of feel like, Ooh, I'm really glad it's snowing a lot and I'm in a cozy room and I just want cozy. Yeah. So nice. It's interesting. (laughs) You've been doing it there with you for a few breaths and like guiding you into it. I'm like, Oh, so great. great. (laughs) So good. Should we do, um, should we do an extended one? I'm going to, in fact, mute my microphone 
you just walk me through and walk our listeners through for however long you want to do it. It's not going to clearly, it's not going to be 25 minutes. It can be sure 30 seconds, a minute. Yeah. A few minutes, whatever. Yeah. Take it away. Awesome. So yeah, if you are listening and you're in the space where you can lay down for a moment and just continuing to breathe regularly as you are and shifting into this space of like receiving breath. So instead of having to take a breath or there's not enough available, see if you can open up to receiving. So you're nasal passageways like it's just open flow of air to flow in like easily and effortlessly and there's plenty of it available to you in full supply and then bring to mind an intention that you want to get out of even these next few breaths and holding that intention in your mind for a moment And then trusting that it's, that it's done, that there's nothing you need to do. And then we'll shift into the breathing, which is called the active breathing. And if it helps, you can have a hand on one hand on your belly, one hand on your chest, or both hands on your belly, whatever is comfortable for you. And then opening your mouth enough to bring in air and you're going to bring that breath into your belly and then up into your chest and then exhale. And it's not a forceful exhale or a long drawn out exhale. It's just like a, just a letting it go. So belly, chest, exhale. Belly, chest, exhale. Belly, chest, exhale. And if you're in your mind, which it's very common to be, just seeing if you can kind of park that on the side for a moment and let it hang out while you focus on your breath. Belly, chest, exhale. And we'll just do a few more. Belly, chest, exhale. Belly, chest, exhale. Open, receive, release. And just doing a couple more breaths here at your own pace, and then we'll bring it to a close. And on your last exhale, continuing to your regular breath and just taking in a few breaths here. If it's in and out through the nose or in through the nose, out through the mouth. 
Gently in and out through the mouth. Yeah, gradually opening your eyes. Yeah. Ooh. And coming back. That's so good. Ooh. Mm, thank you for that. Mm, my pleasure. Oh, that was so good. I'm going to play this over and over and over. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I love how you can put your like favorite music to it. Yeah. Some people just like instrumental, you know, some people want to go hardcore or if it's, you know, like yoga music and mm -hmm. you can kind of go at your own pace, which I love. Like you can go as slow or as fast as you want or do it quicker for a minute and then slow it back down. So it's like really like, what do I need today? What does my body need today? You know, do I want to push myself past where I normally stop or do I normally push so hard and I want to lean off the gas a little bit? Nice. Yeah. yeah. So are you currently, are you offering breathwork classes and are they online? Yeah. So right now I'm just doing one class a month and it's online. So yeah, if you want to share the website and people can, you know, check that out. I was going to do an in-person this month because I did one, you know, a couple months ago, which was awesome, but you know, Omi is spreading. So we're putting that on pause for a little bit, but the cool thing about virtual, which I've been like joining other people's classes as well is it's like, yeah, you can just kind of be wherever and be in your own space. Mm -hmm. So for some people, I think that's important too. Like they might like the safety and comfort of their own home and to be able to like, yell or cry or laugh and you don't have to worry about like who's around you you know I see. so yeah okay yeah. yeah i love that i love that okay so yeah we'll have a link um on the on the show on the show page really nice what amy tell me what are you most excited about in your world right now well, it feels like a secret because not many people know yet, um, but we're um, looking at rebuilding our cottage to like create it into like a permanent home. <sighs> and so I'm like, Ooh, okay, maybe my like exodus out of the city is coming. And so like at least live in a place where I could be more in nature all the time. And so it's been an exciting process of like, builders and designs and like, um, surveys and like all, like all these things. And I feel like for me, I really like that. Like my husband and I have this like project that we're like co-creating mm. together and working on together, which is interesting too, to be like, okay, these are your skills. These are mine. And how do they fit together? Mm -hmm. And so like having that like common goal. And I think what you said also at the start, like I'm not alone, there's connection, like to be working on something so closely with somebody else. Cause you know, sometimes in my business, I'm like, Oh, I'm doing it on my own, but to have this like joint project that like we're both excited about and are both really into it's I don't know. That's just probably like top of mind in my world these days. So, so. nice. What? A, yeah. A, that is beautiful and exciting and like a dream. And where, yes. where's the cottage? Is it in the woods in Canada? Yeah. So it's a couple hours Northeast of Toronto. Oh, so, nice. and like, I would, 
my dream. I'm like, oh my God, maybe I could host breathwork classes there one day, like, you know, or retreats or something like that. So I would love to be able to have people there to, to do that kind of work. Really cool. So nice. Tell me, Amy, what's been most helpful for you being in the trauma hiders club? I love talking with you. It's been really awesome to just like reconnect and, and be here with you and to laugh and have fun. And I feel like you're really gifted at like seeing people and speaking like so succinctly to like, oh, you said this and this is what I hear. And it just like lands in such a way that I'm like, oh, she gets me. She sees me. And I really appreciate that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I couldn't see it if I didn't have it myself. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I see you because I see me, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. I'm glad that you felt safe and at home here in the Trauma Hiders Club. And I'm so glad you were here. Thank you. My day has Mm. has like shifted. It's snow. It's very snowy out, but I feel like the sun is out and um, and I just feel a lightness and that breathwork practice really, really is just so glorious and helped to just put the icing on this beautiful cake of conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, Amy. Thank you. You've been listening to the Trauma Hiders Club podcast. For more episodes, head over to my website where you'll find links to resources mentioned and all the ways you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're ready to fight, discover the rules of Trauma Club. Head over to KarenGoldfingerBaker.com.